0: One reason I think that's so powerful is uh, we have just participated in the sending off of uh, a family, the Nashes, to this area. Um, so this is not just something far away that doesn't touch us. Um, we are supporting a missionary family uh, in, in this region of the world. Voice of the martyrs, their key verse is Hebrews thirteen three. Remember, and that word remember isn't just, you know, think about, it's pray for, okay? Um, remember those who are in prison, and again, not just in prison, it's not just do prison ministry, but in prison for the gospel, okay? Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in prison. The body. In other words, we are all one body together. Could could we turn the house lights on? I want to see your lovely faces. Okay. Um, so, as we're going through some of this this morning, um, the the practical application. You're going to say, "What can we do? What can we do?" Um, what they want us to do is pray for them. So I want to reserve some time at the end for us as a congregation to pray together. And maybe there's something that will stick out in your mind you might want to jot down. Um, And then when we pray, just lift it up to the Lord. You don't have to be an eloquent prayer. You can say, Lord, I was moved by this. Please help this country. That's it. It could be a prayer as simple as that. Um, In studying the persecuted church, there's another organization called Open Doors, And they have um, the World Watch list. They list the top 50 countries where persecution is going on. And here's a map of the world. Um, The red is extreme persecution. The orangish is severe persecution. Green, moderate persecution. Blue, sparse persecution. And the rest is zero persecution. Isn't it amazing that on our side of the world, it's just Mexico and Colombia, that has moderate persecution. Yet over here, they call this the 1040 window. Uh, It's uh, 10 degrees south of the equator, 40 degrees north of the equator. Here is the most unreached people group, the most populated area in the world, and the most persecution going on. Now, you say, well, how how prevalent is this? This one statistic, I think, sums it up best. According to the Pew Research Center, over 75% of the world's population lives in areas with severe religious restrictions, and many of these people are Christians. So 75% of the population of the world. So Five million out of seven million people on the planet live in a country where there is a severe religious persecution. Okay? We're in the 25%. The rest of the world. You know, the big question I know, a lot of you are studying Revelation, will we go through the tribulation? 75% of them are already going through tribulation right now. Okay, here's some more stats. Uh, each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. I mean, that's one way to make a statement. We'll burn down your church. Okay. And 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians. So I want to share, uh, here's the plan. I want to share three quick thoughts, three um, considerations. They all begin with the letter G. All right. And then I want to look at uh, two or three countries, uh, and then we're going to pray. All right. So as we study this, three considerations. First consideration is the word gratitude, not guilt. I, I don't think we need to feel guilty that we have been born in America, or we live in America. But I sure hope, especially this Thanksgiving month, that we don't take our blessings for granted. Okay? I don't think you need to feel guilty. I sure hope we feel gratitude. Once, uh, when I was pastoring up in Wisconsin, we had a speaker from Voice of the Martyrs come and present some of this same material. And um, as we were praying in the office beforehand, he said, I just could never be a pastor in America. And I said, why? Why? He said, well, after seeing what these brothers and sisters are going through in the rest of the world, I just can't put up with the ingratitude how much we take for granted over here, right? So, again, not a guilt trip, but I sure hope that looking at this will uh, produce in us gratitude for the blessings we have. Number two, the gospel. Here's a simple question. Is the gospel that you've accepted... The same gospel that can sustain Christians who are being persecuted for their faith? Or did you accept some cheap gospel that doesn't change your life at all? You know, Voice of the Martyrs has a radio broadcast, so I listened to several of them this week. One of them uh, talks about an Iranian, 22-year-old young man, who oversees three house churches, underground house churches in Iran. And in Iran, the way they want to intimidate you is they will arrest the pastors and torture them. And this guy was tortured, and it got so bad that they said, well, we're going to release you so you can go to the hospital, but when you're better, you need to come back for more torture. So when he was recovering... He wanted to talk to another pastor, and this other pastor was being interviewed on the radio. And this pastor said, I was nervous. I thought he was going to ask me, uh, why would God allow this? And um, how can I go on? I quit. And what this young 22-year-old did was he said to the other pastor, tell those who, who are listening on the radio that it's an honor to suffer torture for Jesus Christ. And he said, "Um, how could this be true? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies if there are no enemies surrounding us. And he actually, rather than complaining, encouraged this pastor to encourage the other Iranian Christians to hang in there. Okay, so is the gospel that you have accepted the same gospel that they have accepted? Now... The gospel is not believe in Jesus and be tortured and then uh, maybe you'll earn enough points to be saved. That is not the gospel. The gospel is believe in Christ who paid the full price for your sins. And when you truly believe in him, he becomes your treasure so much that you are willing to count everything else as loss. Uh, In other words, when, when we... Hear about these people, it makes me want to be more like Paul here, where in Philippians 3 8 he says, Indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Okay? Third G, the word go, and what I really mean is do. <laughs> I don't necessarily mean go over there, but maybe God might call you to do something like that but will you simply ask. Lord, what would you have me do? I uh, heard another story of, uh, the the worst place on the planet is Korea, North Korea. And um, some North Koreans escaped. They can go over the mountains into China. And some of them escaped into China where they found the Lord. And they married Christian wives. And this voice of the martyrs, worker was with them when they decided to say goodbye to their wives and go back into North Korea, where if you're caught, you will be put in prison for the rest of your life. And the, the voice of the martyr's worker said, why do you think you were saved out of 24 million Koreans? And they said, so we can go back and save 24 million Koreans. And that challenges us, why do you think you're saved in the richest, safest country on the planet? Some Christians would say, because I deserve a carefree Christian life. And again, I don't want to pile guilt on us, but I do want us to ask, what might God have me do now that I'm saved in the United States of America living on X amount of dollars? What would he have me do? Okay, So um, let me cover some countries. First of all, North Korea. So here's the world map. Over here is China. This is North Korea right here. Um, It is a population of 24.5 million people. There are 300,000 Christians, so that's about 1% are Christians. Um, It's actually kind of... Funny, but when they list the source of persecution, it's communist oppression slash dictatorial paranoia. (laughs) Um, That's Kim Jong-un. He is crazy. He is the son of Kim Jong-il, who died in 2011. Uh, It says this, By the end of 2013, five of the seven men who had escorted his father's hearse Two years earlier had been purged, killed, with his uncle, one of the most prominent. Jang sung Tech is believed to have been executed by machine gun. It has been claimed that Kim Jong-un has also put to death members of Jang's family. According to multiple sources, Kim is attempting to completely destroy all traces of Jang's existence through extensive executions of his family, including the children and grandchildren of all close relatives. Why? paranoid. If anybody is in the bloodline, they're a threat to his rule, and he is treated as a god over there. So uh, job one, exterminate the competition. Now that's how he treats his own relatives. What about Christians? Well, um, not only will the believers themselves be punished if they're discovered, but likely also their families. Immediate family members, even if, they're, if they aren't Christians themselves, will serve a sentence in a re education camp. Christians are sent to political labor camps from which there is no release possible. So you go to labor camps, you don't, it's like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Okay? Um, I tried to see if I could find a picture of one of these labor camps online. And there's really only one picture out there. Why? Because nobody's allowed in with their smartphone to take pictures. But um, that's the closest thing we have. And um, some of you might be surprised that there's snow. It kind of reminds me of the Hogan's Heroes uh, situation, but there's snow there. When you look at North Korea, it's parallel to Chicago. And I'm sure they don't have nice warm heaters there. Um, according to recent reports about labor, the labor camp system, it is estimated that political prison camps house approximately 150 to 200,000 inmates, not including all those in the other types of prisons in the country. One report suggests the number of political prisoners dropped to between 80,000 and 120,000 people due to the high death rate. You say, why are they dro- uh, dying so quickly? They're worked to death. They have no medical care. They're starved. So here's the deal. Over here, you become a Christian, and you decide what activities you want to be involved in. Over there, you become a Christian, and in all probability, you'll be thrown into a camp like this and die. You'll be worked to death. Okay. Um, here's the prayer request. An estimated fifty to seventy thousand Christians suffer daily in North Korea's prison camps. Pray for endurance. Pray that their faith would not fail. Pray for their release. Pray for Kim Jong Un that God would convert him. Pray for a miracle in North Korea. Okay, then there's Iraq. Um, of course, that's where ISIS is. It's in Syria and Iraq. Islamic extremism is by far the most significant persecution engine in 40 of the 50 countries on the World Watch list. Um, so dictatorial paranoia is the number one cause in the number one country, but in most other countries, the persecution is due to Islamic extremism. Um, now, who can name a famous Iraqi that's in the book of Genesis? Abraham. Yeah. From the Ur of, uh, Ur of Chaldees. He was from Iraq. Okay, and then he went over here to, to Israel, to the promised land. Okay. Um, can you name a famous city in the Bible that's in Iraq? Of course, there's Babylon, but... What is it? Ur. Well, Er? This is even even a bigger fish. Nineveh, yes. Um, it's... <laughs> it is modern-day Mosul. Okay? Now, um, in June of 2014... ISIS proclaimed a caliphate, Um, a caliphate is a uh, religiously run state government, okay? They proclaimed a caliphate and implemented specific rules, um, Sharia law, and they took over Mosul and it has been, here it is, in June 2014, ISIS proclaimed a caliphate and prisons uh, implemented specific rules. The punishments for breaking these rules are cruel, varying from cutting off hands to execution. Christians were forced to pay a tax for being part of a religious minority, allegedly varying from 250 to $450. Now you go, oh, that's not much. It's not much to you. They can't pay it. When an Assyrian family was not able to pay this amount, the mother and daughter were raped in front of the father. He was so traumatized by this event that he committed suicide later. And I put this picture of this little guy because, you know, over here, he'd be playing soccer. He'd be playing with his friends. Over there, he's in a line uh, to get food because he has no home. Right. Did any of you know what this was? It's the Arabic letter N. Okay? After July 17, uh, 2014, ISIS began marking houses owned by Christians with the Arabic N, which stands for Nazarene, uh, Arab for Christian. And that's a derogatory term. Oh, you're a Nazarene. Okay. Um, so you wake up one day and spray painted on your front door is the N. These houses were taken over by ISIS militants. The militants gave Christians in Mosul an ultimatum to convert to Islam by July 19th, pay a tax, or be executed. So you wake up, that's spray painted on your garage, and you'll either die, have to flee for your life, or uh, pay this tax, which most people can't pay. Um, By the way, uh, and one man who had to flee for his life said this, we lost everything, but Jesus is worth it. Have you seen these t-shirts? It's, uh, it's the end. And uh, Voice of the Martyrs sells them. And basically, it's saying, I'm, I will be over, over here safe in America. I am not ashamed to identify with them. You can get these Uh, Through Voice of the Martyrs, here's their website, persecution.com, and it's 20 bucks for the t-shirt, $10 goes to help these Christians, okay? So that might be a nice little family Christmas present, buy everybody in your family one of these, and then $10 of every 20 goes to help uh, suffering Christians, Okay. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on the clock, uh, but here's the prayer request for Iraq, more than 140,000 Christians. And by the way, um, Open Doors is notoriously, not notoriously maybe, conservatively conservative in their numbers. We can overquote and overinflate, they are very conservative, and I think these are old statistics, but... Uh, so they say more than 140,000 Christians have been forced to flee from their homes since ISIS infiltrated Iraq last year. So pray for them. Um, the last one, Pakistan. Okay, uh, Pakistan is uh, where Osama bin Laden was found. Um, Pakistan has nuclear weapons, and. Here's a picture of a mob. It says, A mob last year in Lahore, Pakistan, burns an entire neighborhood after a false accusation of blasphemy was brought against a Christian man. The police captain acknowledged the charge was fabricated but justified the violence as a warning to others. Um, I'm going to read just some parts of an article about Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan used to have a noticeable Christian presence Presbyterians had a sizable school system and those schools were largely responsible for the country's relatively high literacy. But in 1973, Islam became the nation's religion and the government seized those schools and replaced their teachers and curriculum. Now the Quran is required to be read and recited in all classes at all levels. So that's the textbook. When they learn English, they learn it through the Quran. Meanwhile, it's illegal for Christians to touch or own the Koran. So now, 40 years later, this plan has been successful. Literacy in Pakistan is around 50%, but literacy for Christians is less than 10% because you don't have the textbook, right? Christians are reduced to living in slums where they are routinely robbed and their houses frequently burned. But that's not the worst of what happens to Christians there. The worst is that their children, particularly their young daughters, are the targets of violence. It's estimated that around... uh, 3,000 girls. Now, this article says 3,000. You're going to see a stat from Open Doors that's much lower, but somewhere between, uh, let's say 3,000 Christian girls between the ages of 10 and 12 are kidnapped every year. Schools make Christians wear different uniforms than other students, making them easy targets. They're forced to convert to Islam and marry Muslims, often becoming a man's third or fourth wife and their children are by law considered Muslim. Young kidnapped girls that refuse to convert and marry are beaten, physically tortured, and either killed or simply raped and left to die naked in the wilderness. Um, I could read more, but I think you get the idea. So, here they say 700. More than 700 Christian girls in Pakistan are kidnapped and forced to convert to Islam each year. So, Um, That's just a taste. You can find out more about the persecuted church um, on Open Doors USA. That's in your bulletin. Voice of the Martyrs is persecution.com. That's where you can find the t-shirts. And they also have Voice of the Martyrs radio um, that keeps you updated. And the stories are really encouraging. Um, They're dark, but when you hear about these other Christians' faith that flourishes under persecution, it's a real challenge uh, to to us. Okay, So I would like, you say, what can we do? I would like to have a season of prayer together. Um, Here on one page is, and I don't know if you can read that in the back, but here are the three prayer requests. Uh, The the North Koreans in prison, the... uh, Christians in Iraq that are fleeing under ISIS persecution, and the girls that are kidnapped and forced to convert to Islam in Pakistan. Then uh, in your, your bulletin are 10 ways to pray uh, for the persecuted church. So, um, now God can hear you no matter how quiet you are. Uh, But the rest of us can't. (laughs) So pray loud, if you will, and uh, don't worry about what people think. Uh, Worry about these folks, and uh, let's bring some prayer requests before the Lord. I'll start us off, I'll close us, and just pray as you're led. (laughs) Lord, first of all, we are just um, incredibly blessed to be in this country and we do not want to take our freedoms and our blessings for granted. Uh, So, Lord, especially this uh, November, this Thanksgiving month, I pray that you would remind us uh, just how blessed we are. And as we are thanking you for what we have, we want to lift up these brothers and sisters who live in a world where 75% of the world faces some kind of religious persecution. So, Lord, we offer up these prayers and ask you to act. Father, as I, I uh, think of the, the movie and the the hold that false religions have on people um, where they're willing to kill uh, those who proclaim the gospel. Um, Lord, we pray that you would lift the veil of lies. I pray that, uh, especially in Islam, um, that people would see through uh, that religion and that your gospel would spread as we hear reports of it spreading uh, all over the Middle East. But um, we pray for the Jewish people, that they would come to their Savior. Um, and Lord, as the rest of the world is under persecution, we pray on this side of the world that we would not fall into the other extreme of ignoring you because of Luxury. So, Lord, use this morning uh, to sp- to spread the gospel, to put a passion in our heart, to follow you even unto death. And we pray it in Jesus' name, Amen. Couple thoughts as we were praying in um, worship team. Why don't you come on up? Um, in the new year, on Wednesday nights, we're going to set aside uh, one. Wednesday night a month for corporate prayer. We would like to pray more together as a church. And uh, one of the focuses will be uh, world missions. So we'd love to have you think about the new year. Um, secondly, I did hear a, a pastor on the Voice of the Martyrs uh, who is in Iran. Okay, now we hear Iran and we think of the bomb and we think of the mullahs. He said, "The young people in Iran know that Islam is a sham." Right? He says they know it. It's just they're under this oppression. Well, they're looking for something more. So, it's tough. We live in this world where we have political views, and we have, uh, you know, strategically, should we sign the treaty? Da, da, da. Don't forget the people. The people, the millions who are under this false religion, and right now they're at a place where the majority of the young people know that there's something beyond Islam out there. So while it's not a pretty picture this morning, there's there's a lot of silver linings all over the world. All right? Let's worship.